Hello and welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalzer, joined as always by John Paulson. JP, what's up? How are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, relatively speaking, the Packers are on a, at least a two-game, yeah, two-game losing streak. So I'm about as good as I could be expected at this point. I think uh, I'd like them just to kind of tank this season and Mike McCarthy get fired and let's let's start let's start new next year. What do you think? I mean, do you think that that's kind of what they're doing with the trade of Ha Clinton Dix? I mean, that that one surprised me a little bit. I don't think they're tanking. I think. Uh, they're trying to make the playoffs and everything, but I just, uh, I don't know. I don't want to see him limp into the playoffs, have an early exit, and then McCarthy's like, well, we, you know, we had lots of injuries, and, blah, 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 and then it gets another year. It needs to be over. We need we need right. a good offensive mind like a Sean McVay or a Matt Nagy or somebody to come in and uh, redo this offense. Because when was the last time you looked at a, a Packers play and you're like, wow, that was really great play design? Right. Yeah, I mean, how, I mean, many, how many wide receiver screens did they throw? yesterday which is fine i mean they're, 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 the screen's an excellent part of the game game plan don't get me wrong but i mean there was one screen at the goal line when they were backed up and rogers threw one sideways with the cornerback standing right there and just i what do you what are you looking to accomplish on that well there's also the the one on third and 12 or third and goal from the 12 yard line and they throw a a screen a quick screen to randall cobb and they're asking him to beat eight defenders for 12 yards i mean it's fine right. if you're trying to get five six seven yards or if you're Doing it further, you know, downfield where there's more, you know, the, they have to respect the space behind. Sure. Um, but uh, just, I don't know. It's like a give up call. It's like a, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out here so we can kick the field goal. Why? Right. Anyway, enough Packer talk. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Tell us about the music. Uh, yeah, that was uh, a great song by uh, the Kings of Leon. Uh, Back down south. It's the number seven track off of their 2010 album Come Around Sundown. I was a huge fan of Kings of Leon early on in their early in their career, Youth and Young Manhood, and those other early albums. And they've kind of gotten arena rock since then, which is not my as much my thing. But there's always a few deep cuts on their albums that are great, and this is one of them. Back down south, there's also uh, Mi Amigo and Pickup Truck on that album. So uh, uh, I'll put it on the Most Accurate Podcast playlist. Uh, check it out. Hey, don't forget, we're giving away a four for four T-shirt. All you have to do is go to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, you could say things that you love about the podcast, things that you want to see added. If you absolutely hate us, that's fine. You could do that too. Uh, although those those tend not to be as productive. So if there's something that you want to um, <laughs> see us do, you know, hey, great. Leave us a review of the podcast between now and this Thursday because we're going to draw the winner on Friday morning. It's that simple. So get, your, get a chance to win a free, free free T-shirt, and we have an opportunity to see what you what you like and what you want to see improved about the podcast so it helps us as well also we have an iphone or ipad app that helps you set the highest scoring lineup every week pick up the highest scoring free agents of the week and the rest of the season it's called league sync just download it it's free to download do a search four for four or league sync in your app store existing four for four.com pro and dfs subscribers get full access to the app's features everyone else receives a seven-day free trial this week i picked up miami's defense uh, when I looked at John's rankings and saw where Miami was and then saw that uh, Miami was also one of those teams that should rate high for league sync, wound up being huge because I think they, they scored me 25 points this week on a, on a pick six. So league sync definitely helps you out week to week when you don't really know what to do when it comes to waiver wire pickups. Let's talk about week nine injuries. Chris Carson, we'll start with him. He's got a hip injury. He's week to week. Mike Davis had a decent game yesterday, and Rashad Penny was a former was a first round pick this past April. So, if they're still available on the waiver wire, and Chris Carson's going to be out for a week, John, what do you think about those two? 
Yeah, I faded uh, Carson a little bit in the rankings. Uh, had him at twentieth, just with that with that game time decision type stuff. It's it you know sometimes it goes and, and bites you in the butt. They uh, either don't play or they play for a bit and then get injured, and that's what happened here with Carson. Uh, I think he had thirty something yards in the first drive, and then uh, I checked back an hour later and he had forty. So <laughs> found out that he was uh, on the sideline injured. So that's how that works out sometimes. I don't think uh, Rashad Penny's worth a pickup, uh, even if Carson's out. I mean, I guess he is in deeper deeper leagues if you're trying to get the next guy up after Davis. But Davis is the one that you'd want. I mean, 22 touches, 107 yards, uh, 17.7 PPR fantasy points, 10.7 in standard. So uh, he'd be the guy that you'd want to pick up. Um, they've got the Rams next week, which is not a, a terrible matchup, and then the Packers in week 11. So if, if Carson's still trying to sort out his... It's a hip injury. Uh, Davis may have RB2, RB3 value for a couple weeks. Chris Ivory, while we're talking about running backs, he dislocated his shoulder. He's going to be week to week. What about Marcus Murphy, Murphy as a potential waiver wire pickup as a uh, you know a backup, obviously, to Shady McCoy? I think he'd be hard-pressed to, to, to want to start Murphy uh, in this offense if McCoy is healthy. If, if McCoy is dinged up or iffy, then, yeah, you could – you could run Murphy out there. Maybe you get 10, 15 touches, but I don't think the four or five, six, seven touches that he might get uh, with the ivory out is, is really worth the pickup. AJ Green, we want to talk about him. He's suffered a toe injury. He's expected to miss a few weeks. Tyler Boyd is already on rosters. You're already likely starting him as a, as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. But what about John Ross, former first-round pick out of Washington? He's been out with a groin injury, so you have to check his status. They had the week nine bye, so he's had a week to heal. Uh, with Green, supposedly Green's going to miss a few weeks. Uh, he might miss the rest of the season, at least based on the, what I'm reading from these tweets from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and and, and uh, all those guys. So coming out of the Week 10 bye, they have the Saints, uh, which is you know the best matchup for wide receivers. They're 32nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, if Ross is practicing uh, and looks like he's a full go, then he's going to be definitely be in the sneaky starts column this week. Uh, week 11 is Balt at Baltimore. Week 12, Cleveland. These aren't great matchups, but uh, if, if Green's out and you're missing his 7 to 10 targets, they have to go to somebody. Boyd's going to get a few, but uh, John Ross is in position. If he can stay healthy, which is a huge if for him, uh, he could, he could uh, make some noise uh, down the stretch. And then one other injury, and then we'll get to some fantasy quick hitters. Charles Clay, he strained his hamstring. He's week to week. What about Jason Kroom as a wa- waiver wire selection this week? Well, he had five targets, three for 36 against the Bears. He played 46% of snaps. He did have a touchdown back in week three against the Vikings in their upset at Minnesota. Um, but I, I really, I mean, you'd have to be pretty desperate if you want to start uh, Jason Kroom in this offense. I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, you, you just nailed it. In this offense, tight end position tends to be one of those spots where it's frustrating to deal with week to week, just as Rob, Rob Gronkowski owners last night. But you're right, in that offense, uh, I wouldn't want to be starting anybody outside of Shady McCoy, I guess. So a couple of quick hitters. Demarius Thomas called all three of his targets for 61 yards in his debut with the Texans. Did you see enough out of Thomas yesterday to keep him in the wide receiver three mix? Yeah, I mean, as long as uh, Kiki QT is, is out, uh, if you look at what Will Fuller did with an, with QT in the lineup and without, um, there's a pretty stark contrast in the number of targets he's getting. So I think this is going to be a pretty crowded receiving core once QT comes back as he you know, was getting a lot, drawing a lot of targets in the slot. Um, so as long as he's out, Thomas is a pretty strong start. I mean, you, you can't complain about uh, a debut um, 
of 61 yards receiving uh, against the Broncos. I mean, that's not bad at all. All right, one more. Cordell Patterson rushed 11 times for 61 yards and a touchdown last night for the Patriots. I, I had to laugh because this is a former first-round pick out of Tennessee. You saw the flashes at Tennessee. This guy's electric with the ball in his hands, but he was so raw as a wide receiver. The Vikings really didn't know what to do with him. The Raiders got him and didn't really do it. And then, boom, the Patriots make him a running back, and and he's, he's breaking off those runs yesterday. Uh, is Patterson a viable starting option for fantasy owners, or is it all dependent on the health, health of Sony Michelle? I mean, the Patriots are one of those teams where you think they're going to zig and they zag, and who would have thought, again, that he would he would turn out to be a, an effective running back. What do you make of Patterson from a fantasy standpoint? Well, I think he's only startable if Michelle's out. I, I think they would like to use Michelle and White in a, in a committee. Um, I don't think that they're, this is suddenly going to be an 8-10 to 10 touch uh position or role for, for, for Patterson, even if Michelle's healthy. But what this might do is they might, um, they might rest Michelle until he's fully healthy as opposed to trying to rush him back because Patterson is, uh, they're getting by at, at running back right now with Patterson and James White and, uh, uh, Ken Barner. Uh, obviously Patterson is, they obviously view him higher than Barner. So if, if Michelle's out, uh, Patterson is a, is certainly a sneaky start. I had him ranked in the fifties at, wide receiver once you know it sounded like Michelle was going to be uh iffy or a game time decision because you know we saw last week what happens uh if Michelle's out Patterson gets uh, 10 carries so uh it happened again last night against the Packers all right let's move on to some RBBCs here John we'll start off with the Bears disappointing day for Tariq Cohen owners as he only rushed six times for five yards he caught one of two targets for eight yards while Jordan Howard rushed 14 times only 47 yards on the ground, but he did score two touchdowns. This seemingly is a game flow situation as the Bears didn't run a lot of plays yesterday. They had a, they had a, uh, a big defensive day. They had a couple of defensive touchdowns. Seemed more like a Jordan Howard you know, game script. So what's your advice for fantasy owners that started Cohen based on the last couple of weeks where he was effective? Yeah, if you look at Cohen's game logs, in, in week six he had 12 touches, 120 yards. In week seven he had 14 touches, you know, you know 83 yards and a touchdown. Week eight he only had six touches against the Jets, but he ended up with uh, 110 yards and a touchdown, so he ended up having a really nice fantasy day. Uh, but the touches declined significantly against the Jets. And then Buffalo, I kind of thought this was going to be more of a – Jordan Howard game because they'd have a lead. They'd want to work the clock. They wouldn't have to be throwing as much. And, you know, and Cohen ended up with just two targets. So if, if you, if you have to kind of look ahead and, and look and see if the, if the bears are favored, if they are favored, if it looks like it's going to be a game where they're going to uh, lead uh, from the start to close pretty much, then it's going to be more of a Howard game. If it's, if it's a game where they're going to likely trail, then you're probably going to be looking at more of a Cohen game. Uh, moving on to the Browns, Nick Chubb, he rushed 22 times for 85 yards and a touchdown. He also caught one of one target for five yards. Duke Johnson caught all nine targets for 78 yards and two touchdowns. The question here is not not about the, the committee, but is Nick is both Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson, are they both fantasy viable moving forward? They are. I would, you know, res- you know, put your ratchet down the expectations. I mean, this was against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs give up a lot of fantasy points on, on the defensive side of the ball, especially – um, away from Kansas City, so this was a really good spot for both players. Uh, we weren't sure about Duke Johnson's role. Was he going to uh, get back to his pass catching role? I mean, he had four tar- uh, four catches in Week Six, four catches in Week Seven. 
Uh, but really, you know, one, two, two, four, one before that uh, in terms of catches. So he really wasn't involved with Todd Haley uh, calling. He wasn't very involved with Todd Haley calling the plays now. Uh, with the new offensive coordinator there, it looks like they're trying to get him the ball more. He's more in the game plan with the nine catches, 78 yards, two touchdowns, nine targets. Next week they have the Falcons, so that's a pretty good uh, matchup. Uh, week 11, there's a bye, and then week 12, uh, the, the Bengals, they're 31st in just a fantasy points allowed to running back. So I think both players, uh, two of the next, you know, obviously you can't start them on their bye. Or I guess you could, but you're not going to win or get very many fantasy points out of them. <laughs> uh, but week 10, week 12, they're certainly going to be uh, both startable, uh, especially in PPR formats with uh, Duke Johnson, uh, you know, getting more involved in the passing game. Dolphins, how do you handicap this one? Kenyon Drake, <laughs> three times, nine yards. He did catch four of six targets for 26 yards, so he essentially didn't do much. I mean, PPR, I guess he got you something. Frank Gore carried 20 times for 53 yards. I, I feel like every week we're talking about the Dolphins, and every week it's the same thing where both guys have gotten involved, but neither neither have popped. Well, I'm, I'm, I chuckle because I'm looking at this RBBC report, which is one of our reports at 4 for 4, where it gives you a snapshot of what's going on in every backfield, and... I don't get it. Like Frank Gore, I tweeted out like the the Dolphins are looking to see what this youngster Frank Gore can do. He's got five carries for 11, 11 yards. Like, and uh, Drake didn't have a touch at that point in the middle of the first quarter, the end of the first quarter. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Drake is averaging four point eight yards per carry on the season. Uh, Gore is below that. I'm, I would bet my mortgage. Yep, four four point two yards per carry. For him, you know, he wasn't running the ball well at the start, but they kept feeding him the ball. Uh, obviously, Drake is the better option in the passing game right now. Uh, but it's just so disappointing after 14 touches against Houston, 10 touches against uh, Detroit, uh, 17 touches against Chicago, that Drake comes out. 13 touches the week before against Cincinnati, Drake comes out and gets seven touches against a, a not very good Jets team. And it's not like Gore was lighting it up. Uh, he ended up with a terrible running running day, so why not give Drake the chance? I mean, he's the he's the younger, better runner right now. So uh, I feel the frustration for Drake owners. We, I think we thought we were past this, where he comes out and gets six, seven touches, but uh, apparently not. Uh, we have to be pretty cautious uh, uh, utilizing Drake, I think, moving forward until this uh, situation resolves itself. All right, the Lions. Theo Riddick caught seven of eight targets for 36 yards. Carry on Johnson, he rushed 12 times for 37 yards. Also had the gaffe between him and Matthew Stafford, where Stafford flipped the ball back and Johnson fumbled, and the Vikings went, went uh, you know, rumbled in for a touchdown with it. LeGarrette Blunt rushed five times for eight yards. Theoretic still okay in PPR. Carry on Johnson still okay in standard. Yeah, this shows you, though, that Carry on Johnson's what his floor is with Riddick back. Uh, if, if Riddick hadn't returned this week, you'd see Johnson with more catch. I mean, he had three catches for seven yards, but you probably see him with five or six, uh, seven catches uh, in this type of a game where they were trailing uh, the Vikings quite a bit and the running game wasn't really going. Uh, on top of it, you have Blunt siphoning off five carries to get eight yards. I, I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, so, again, this is one of those committees. We kind of thought we were past this with Kerry and Johnson, but my worry was with him that when Riddick came back, the his passing game involvement would, be, would decline. And... Uh, you know, Riddick does, there is some uh, work to be taken over, uh, you know, the role of uh, Golden Tate. Uh, so, you know, Riddick can take over some of those targets, but he's also going to eat into Johnson's uh, targets out of the backfield. And that's unfortunate. 
All right, let's talk about your Packers now. Aaron Jones, 14 carries, 76 yards, 2 of 4 in the passing game for 10 yards. Unfortunately, also the, the crucial fumble as well that led the Patriots to kind of open things up and put the game away last night. Jamal Williams also rushed seven times for 34 yards. So this is our first chance to look at the backfield without Ty Montgomery siphoning off some, some touches as well. Aaron Jones is the clear lead back, but then he fumbled. So I guess to some degree it's a little handicapped here. Yep, two games in a row where a fumble kind of changes the, the course of the game. They were tied at 17-all, I believe, when Jones turned the ball over. And next thing you know, they're trailing by uh, trailing by seven, so it's unfortunate. Uh, Jones ran the ball well, 5.43 yards per carry. Jamal Williams actually ran the ball pretty well as well, uh, almost five yards a carry, seven carries, 34 yards. Uh, so... I, I think uh, Jones is going to be ranked as an RB2 most weeks. I mean, you can't argue with his 16 touches. He's really productive. I mean, there was one play where he took the hand off and there's just no hole, and then he did like a jump cut to his left and found the hole and gained the first down and got, you know, it was like a third and two or second and two and got the first down another three or four yards, and that's just a play that Jamal Williams can't physically make. He just doesn't have the lateral quickness or the vision to, to hit that hole. Um, so the question is, Mike McCarthy, you know, how much is he going to end up running Jones? I don't think he's going to punish him for the fumble too much. So uh, moving forward, I would look at him as a, as a like kind of a low-end fantasy RB2 because he is still in sort of a committee with uh, Jamal Williams. All right, and this one was interesting. We'll wrap up with the Texans here. Lamar Miller, 12 carries, 21 yards. So nothing stands out there. He had an awful day. Alfred Blue rushed 15 times for 39 yards, so he got three more carries than Lamar Miller. What do you make of this? <laughs> well, this is Lamar Miller and Kenyon Drake should start a support group, or their <laughs> owners should start a support group for uh, you know players that thought they were out of the woods in terms of usage and suddenly back in the woods. Miller did get 14 touches. Uh, the, the production against Denver, who has been pretty bad against the run, but they're starting to get it together, their rush defense. Uh, very disappointing with the 21 yards on 12 carries. You did have two catches for 27 yards as well. Uh, why they just, instead of keeping him, you know, feeding him the ball, they start to run blue? I don't know. I mean, it's not like blue lit it up 39 yards um, on 15 carries. That's a 2.6 yards per carry. That's not, you know, a reason that I would give him more work than the guy who's been running really well. But uh, rational coaching, once again, I don't know. Um, hmm. It's uh, disappointing for. Drake owners, Miller owners thought we were out of this situation and now we're back in it. And it's, uh, it's, it's tough to know who to start each week if, if you can't count on that workload. All right, let's 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 do some Monday night football stuff. But first, I want to tell you, 4 for 4, cut the prices for our rest of the season subscriptions. You can get a classic subscription for 14 bucks. You can get a pro sub for 29 And our DFS subscription is now down to $59. Plus, if you use the code TMAP, you can get an additional 10% off as well. So TMAP to get that additional percent off. Uh, this is kind of a tough fantasy football matchup because it's the point total is only at 40, so the exact opposite of Rams Saints yesterday, John. But the Cowboys and Titans square off tonight. It looks like uh, from an injury standpoint, a lot of it is just either defensively for the Titans with Derek Morgan being out uh, or along the offensive line for the Cowboys as Zach Martin is questionable. So injuries probably not a, a big deal from a fantasy perspective, but what do you? What are your expectations for Amari Cooper, and what are some other things you're looking at from from this standpoint, from this yeah, match? That's the, yeah, that, that's the big storyline is Amari Cooper and how quickly 
do they get him involved? You saw yesterday what the what the Texans did with Demarius Thomas that he played quite a bit and was involved immediately. And there's some of those things, the little nuanced things and rapport things with the quarterback that you just can't build up in a week or two. Uh, but if an offense is forcing eight to 10 targets your way and you're pretty good, uh, then you should produce. So, you know, this will be a, a test tonight of, of how much they're going to uh, utilize him. I don't think they're going to ramp him up in any way. I think he'll be out there and play quite a bit. And there's probably going to be some situations where he and Dak Prescott just aren't on the same page. But if he's seeing eight to 10 targets, then uh, he could have a pretty good, pretty good fantasy. night. I think that's the giant storyline tonight is, is Amari Cooper. Now after the, the bye week and the trade, uh, how quickly does he get installed in this offense? Yeah. And I believe there's got to be more there with Amari Cooper because th- th- this kid was so talented at Alabama. And one of the biggest things that you want to look for when a wide receiver is coming out of school is what, what were, what was he asked to do in the offense? And a uh, Cooper always ran outstanding routes. He's, he's, I think he's only six one. So he's not somebody that's going to high point a bunch of passes. Uh, but he, but he's, he's quicker than, than fast. And he, he does a great job of generating separation I just I refuse to believe that the last two years is is a full indictment on Amari Cooper's career. I, I, he was great as a rookie. Maybe the situation in Oakland was so bad that you know he just he had to get out of there. And now that he's a cowboy and they really need him to be an outside threat, that that he'll kind of have a, a a little bit of a career rebound. Um, but the drops were bad in Oakland, and that's got nothing to do with John Gruden. And he played for you know Jack Del Rio too, so it's not like it, it's it's been all John Gruden and every and Amari Cooper's been horrible for uh, because because of him. So I don't know. It, it's interesting that I think is the the best storyline as well. And then see if Marcus Mariota and that offense can can develop some kind of identity because that's been an absolute mess, and that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with fantasy wise. Uh, so should be should be interesting. Anything else Monday Night Football-wise? Well, I just want to mention, you know, the change of scenery is big for free agents, especially ones with a lot of talent that are have been struggling. And uh, the Patriots, didn't they trade for an Oakland receiver back in, I don't know, was it 2007, 2006, 2007? Randy Moss? Yeah, that, I think he was okay. I don't know, was that a trade or was that a free agent signing for that? That was a trade. Yeah. Uh, he ended up with, that year, 98 catches for 1,493 yards and 23 <laughs> touchdowns. So I think we Pretty have decent. our... We have our baseline set for, for Cooper for the rest of the season. <laughs> Amari Cooper owners are like scrambling now to get him in, get him back in the lineup. Uh, John said that he's going to be Randy Moss. Uh, don't forget we to, re, to review the podcast on iTunes, and you can win a, a free T-shirt. you got to do that by Thursday because we're going to draw on Friday. So on Friday's podcast, when you listen in, hopefully you'll you'll hear your name and you'll get a free T-shirt. And, again, all you have to do is leave us an i uh, a review on iTunes, and we do appreciate that. Follow John on Twitter at Four for four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Salter. That's all the time we have for today's podcast. Join us on Friday. We'll go over the injuries. We'll go over some sneaky starts and much more on the on four for four.com's the most accurate podcast. Until then, good luck tonight if you got anybody starting.